Thank you for joining us today as Pastor Tim shares the Word of God. Our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Pastor Tim with today's message. We all have our favorite verse, and we all do. We all have a particular verse that, that teaches a truth that has been particularly life-changing for us as an individual. There, there is a, a particular, we love the Word, we love all of the Word, uh, and we read all the Word, but there's a particular verse that has been a real rock for us, and, and in many ways, very life-changing for us. And a, a truth that literally changed my whole life. Now, 30 years ago, is Proverbs 23, 7, where it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And, and years ago, that, that truth became revelation to me. You, you know, it says you, 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 you hear the truth, but there's a knowing of the truth that sets you free. And, and that passage went inside me, and, and I want to spend this week and next week on this one verse, and I want to talk about the fact that our mind is the battlefield. Our mind is where the battle takes place. It's in our minds. It's not out here. Uh, it's not with people. It's not with spouses. It's not with friends. It, it, it takes place, the war for life and peace and joy, that war takes place in our mind. And, and that literally is the battlefield. And we've got to win that battle. It went all over me that, that I can change. The, and I, I heard a lot my, all my life about the law of generations. And you know, if your grandfather abused your father, then statistics say your father abused you, and then statistics say you'll abuse your kids. If your grandfather was an alcoholic, your father's an alcoholic, well, you're going to be an alcoholic, and your kids are going to be an alcoholic. There, there are just laws of generations that, that run rampant in, in families and in individual lives. And, and it, it, it so excited me to find out that I'm not subject to that. That I, I can have a different marriage, I can have a different life, I can have a different form of life. I, I can, well, my granddad was poor, my dad was poor, I'll be, we're all poor. We've always been poor, we'll always be poor. No, I don't have to live like that. I can change and I'm not, I'm not built into a box that just bless your heart, this is all I'll ever have and this is all I'll ever be. This is just who I am, and this is my lot in life. Well, Tim, this is just my lot in life. When, when I begin to understand about the power that God's Word has in our lives, it, it wasn't just a Sunday school material. It, it wasn't just a, a religious book that the preacher read from, that it, it possessed a power that literally could change everything about my stinking, rotten life and give me life and life more abundant. 
And to do that, I got to change my thinking. I got to change my thinking. And that's what Jesus does for us. Jesus was the word. He is the word. The word became flesh. And because of the word, the living truth, the battle for your life now, after you're born again, after you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, and after he's come into your life, you will face a constant battle every single day for your thoughts. For your thoughts. See, you, you, you going to heaven can live in hell right now. You going to heaven can live tormented right now in your mind. No joy, no peace, tormented and pulled. And, and, and your mind is a disaster. Your mind is a wreck. It runs rampant on you. And you can do something about that. As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. You cannot think depressed thoughts without being depressed. You can't think happy thoughts all day long and be depressed. As a man thinketh, then that's what will be manifest in your life. Now, the devil wants you to think his thoughts. God wants you to think his thoughts. And then we have the flesh, just the carnal sin nature, that wants you thinking its thoughts. You know, I, and I'm a firm believer that if the devil disappeared right now, most would go on to hell anyway. It's not the devil, it's your own fleshly thoughts. It's your own sin nature that you don't get control over. Who or what are you allowing to control your mind is absolutely everything in your life. And, and it's not what you go through. It's not what you deal with. Oh, I've just had a rough day. Well, every day can be rough. It's how you think about your day. It's, it's how you process what happened and what your day holds for you. And, 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 and you look at this. As you study uh, communism and how it's taken over part of the world, Anytime you read and study that, it all tells you the same. They don't care anything about the adults. They want the children. They want the children. Because if you, can, you, if you get the minds of the children, you change the next generation. It's just that quick. In one generation, you can change the thinking if you shape the children's mind. That's why for us, here, Christian education is so vitally important to us. For Terry and I, that was, we didn't have a choice in the matter. Uh, for many of you that are uh, public school teachers, thank God we have Christians still in public education in that ministry because you are shaping the minds of the next generation. That's what you're doing. And, and, and you say, well, it's just math and science and biology and English and history. That's got to come from a biblical worldview. Oh, Tim, it's just math. Two plus two. That's not Christian or non-Christian. Look, a worldview is taught everywhere all the time by whoever's up front teaching. You gather a worldview. Math class. Two plus two is our lesson today. Two friends go to church. Two other friends go to church. How many people do we now have in church? L okay, whoa, whoa. 
two guys get married and two girls get married, now how many people do we have now married? See, you can teach two plus two and you teach a worldview while you're doing that. You teach a worldview. And I want you to know all the time, all day long, everywhere you are, a thought is being taught, is being interjected into the conversation. That's why we live in a battle for our minds. And you got to know that. It's not just in school. Every, and, and I want to make you aware of this, every TV show you watch Every TV show you watch is not just the TV show. You're getting the worldview of the writer of that show. Now, the writer of the show, every show, throughout the show, all the shows in that series show the dad as stupid, as ignorant, as a dodo, and the woman is the bright one, the smart one. The you can know the writer of that show has an agenda that he is getting out. That he is, or that she is giving us. The, the writer of the storyline shows the gay couple as, as normal, as happy. And here is this outdated neighbor or dad that looks down his nose or says something and that's the one that is made an idiot out of in the show and that's the one that is outdated is not in touch is out of sync and here is a show that is going on and without you realizing it gay marriage has been painted in a good light while traditional marriage has been painted in an outdated light for all that are watching that I watch it all the time. The storylines have nothing to do with what is taking place. You, you watch the, 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 all of the whodunit shows. You know, the, somebody, the cop shows and whatnot, and they solve this murder, and everybody's life is at risk, and they just came out alive. And at the end of the show, all the characters are relaxing and joking at the bar. All of them are relaxing, joking over a beer, and we don't show what it will cost if you go and have a beer before you go home and to your family and you stay longer and longer at the beer joint, less and less time with your family and your kids. We don't show the fallout of that. We show how fun that is. At the end of every show, that's how that show ends. The, 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 the storyline or the mystery or, or whatever in the story there, which has nothing to do with what we're telling you, somebody not married has a baby and it's fun and they are all excited about it. And, 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 and what's getting me, a lot of the shows are in strip clubs. And they're taking place and they're trying to find who done it, but they're showing it in a strip club so that all of our kids can see how fun that is. And how, they don't show the devastation that going there causes to a marriage causes to homes and families and fathers, but while we're all involved in who shot who, it's taking place in a nightclub or in a honky-tonk or in a, are, are you here? But we're, okay, this is okay, this is fun, this is the light that that is being filmed in. When you watch the news, and I'm just telling you, I, I've had just about more than I can take of it. I've had more than I can take of the writer of, now, and it's every night. 
a robber gets shot. He's robbing a convenience store. An armed robbery is taking place. He's robbing a bank. He's robbing a convenience store. And the writer of the news, who do they interview? A hundred percent of the time, they interview the boy's mother, the thug's mother that the police shot. And they got her, and the boy said, he shot my baby, he shot my baby, he shot my baby, oh, he shot my baby, and my baby, he ain't done nothing wrong to nobody, my brother, he loved, he's a good guy, and they shot my baby, and they shot my baby, and, 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 and they go, you know, they don't ever interview the store owner who said, that guy had a gun in my face, and the police came in here and saved my life. They never interview him. They never, they never interview the mother of the policeman that risked his life to save everybody's life in that bank. They never interview that mother, and she says, I'm so proud of my son and what he did today. He put his life on the line for everybody in that convenience store. See, and, and then the, the, the story, the, the news always ends with the police shot the bad guy but he's on administrative leave pending an investigation. So he's guilty until we can finally prove that he's okay? Why is he not sent on a vacation with a bonus for saving everybody's life in that building? But no, he's on leave pending an investigation. You know, the story could have been told with the police being the hero. But instead, every night the police is the bad guy we're going to fool around and get ourselves in a place that nobody wants to be the police. I hate the cops, the fud, the ball, the cops, the pigs. we all be in a bad shape if it wasn't for them. And we're going to fool around until nobody wants to pursue a profession that brings decency and order to our society because of the way we report every single incident. Why don't we end the story with the policeman has been given a week's vacation with a bonus for his heroic act of all of the lives he saved by getting this one guy that was about to shoot everybody in this bank. You know, to interview the robber's mother and for her to say, why did they have to shoot my baby? Why did they have to shoot my baby? Why did they have to shoot my baby? Then I thought, well, why did they have to shoot the lady's baby? We never are told her baby had a gun in somebody's face and was about to kill a man with a wife and children at home. That's what he was about to do before this guy came in here. You know, we, we, we're going to have to battle for our minds because the writer of the news, the writer of the sitcoms, the writer of the stories, they're shaping a worldview that's going to get us in a place where we don't want to be. On a positive report, take a show like Duck Dynasty. Has nothing to do with the show, has nothing to do with the storyline, has nothing to do with what we just saw. But at the end of every show, you got a family, you got daughter-in-laws, you got kids, you got grandkids. At the end of every show, has nothing to do with the show, but they're all around the table. Thanking God for the blessed life that they live. Thanking God that he has richly blessed them. And that's the way that show ends. Now, at the end of every show, the heroes or the characters of that show can be relaxing in a bar 
or the heroes of that show can be praying around their dinner table. A worldview is being communicated at the end of every show. It's a battle for our mind. It's a battle for our mind, and we've got to understand what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 explains exactly where all of us live. And we are, we are being, by the writer of the newscast, by the writer of the newscast, we're being shaped in our thinking about that event that happened. By the writer of the sitcom, we're being given a worldview that is fun, that is acceptable, that is okay. By the people that we work with, we're hearing what they think and their thoughts are going in our minds like that's okay or that's acceptable. Second Corinthians chapter 10 explains exactly where we live. In verse 3, it says, we walk, though we walk in the flesh, our war is not in the flesh. That's not where our war is. Verse 5 tells us that our battle is in our minds, in our imaginations. And it says, and, now, and I want you to understand this. Take some of your thoughts captive on Sunday morning. No, what's it say? You and I have got to take every single thought that we think captive and make sure that that thought is in obedience to Christ and not accepting something that the Word says is sin and will bring our life under a curse. We're going to have to take that thought captive. Every temptation that man is enticed with is first presented to his mind. A thought is introduced by somebody or something. A teacher, a TV show, news, an author, a writer. We are tempted to think the wrong way. And we cannot separate temptation and thoughts because all temptation comes through our thoughts. And so you win the war with temptation when you win the war with what you're thinking about. And I've got to, throughout my day, I've got to stop and I've got to, I say to myself, if I keep thinking that thought, I'm going to do something that God's not going to be pleased with. And I keep thinking this thought, I'm fixing to say something that I'm going to be embarrassed about. I can feel that coming up inside me. And I know if I keep thinking this thought, I'm going to do something that's going to get me fired, that's going to get me divorced. If I keep thinking this thought, I'm about to do something that everybody's going to hate me for doing. See, you, you, you don't do it and then hate yourself for doing it. Once you're in the middle of the fight, once you're in the middle of this situation with somebody you're not married once you're in the cash drawer, it's too hard to say, I don't need to be here. You win that when the thought comes to your mind. You win that before you get there. You win it in the battle that's in your mind. And you see, if I keep thinking this, this is going to get me in jail. If I keep thinking this thought, I'm going to wind up in jail. So, I got to think something good about that guy. Because I'm fixing to do something I wish I wouldn't do. I'm going to have to find some, whatever's good, whatever's lovely, whatever's worthy of praise. If I keep thinking this. Now, 
at salvation, at our born-again experience, where Jesus in our heart, a complete work is done. But the rest of our natural lives is spent washing our mind with the word, renewing our mind, taking every thought captive. The battle is in our mind, and the world is after your thinking. And they are doing a number on us right now. Because we've got Christians thinking and voting like they're not even Christians. The world is convincing them of something that the Bible is completely against, and they're thinking that it's okay. The daily question you got to ask yourself is, who's controlling your thought right now? Who's in control of your thought? Is God's word in control of this thought? Is God's word directing my thinking right now? Or is my lust, is my anger, is my greed, is my hatred controlling my thought? What, what's controlling my thought right now? You're mad. I get that that you're mad. Is your anger controlling your thought? Or is God's word controlling your thought? I get it. Tim, you don't know how mad I am. Look, I know all about getting mad. I wrote the book on a hot temper. I know all about it. Who's controlling your hot temper? Where are you in your mind? Is TV controlling your thinking? Is the news controlling your thinking? Is your friends controlling your thinking? Every TV show, every newscast, and all of your friends have a worldview. Now, who's shaping your thinking? Let me ask you this. Is somebody else's anger controlling your thinking? Is somebody else's immaturity controlling your thinking? Is somebody else's frustration? You know, I find myself getting mad and jerked up, and I don't have a dog in the hunt. What am I getting some been out of shit? This ain't my fight. But my friend's upset. Well, step back. I'll go get him for you. Talk to my friend. Now I'm all mad and I don't have nothing to do with this. Let me ask you this. Is your blood sugar controlling your thinking? Is your lack of sleep controlling your thinking? Is your pressure or your stress controlling your... Is business pressure controlling your thinking. Let me ask you, is your insecurities controlling your thinking? Is your fear winning the battle in your mind? Is your anger, is your hate, is your unforgiveness winning the battle in your mind? Where are your thoughts coming from? Where are your thoughts coming from? God created us and he gave us the choice. He gave you the choice. Here, life and death is set. Now, you can think whatever you want to think. Choose this day who you're going to serve. And you're serving your anger. You're serving your bitterness. Your dad did you wrong, and he beat you, and he wasn't the father. Well, I hate that. But now that's wrecking your life. See, what happened to you 10 years ago is now controlling your life. The police pulls you over for speeding. He comes up to the window. You know why I stopped you? Don't have a clue. 
where you were going 30 miles over the speed limit. No, sir, I wasn't. Sir, I got your clock. Well, it wasn't me. It was my right foot. I kept saying, you better slow down. You better slow down. Right foot just kept on pushing on it. Wasn't me. You are expected to control your right foot. And you're expected to control your left foot. And you're expected to control your head. Well, I couldn't help myself. I just flew off the handle. Tell that to the police the next time he stops you. It wasn't me, it was my right foot. You are expected to help yourself. You are expected to control yourself. You don't say, well, my mind, it, you are, your mind is a muscle just like your right foot is. And you control every thought that you allow to think. And you lay in your bed and you see, then you think, and you see, then you think, and you see, then you think, and you build a case in your head. And boy, I mean, you, whoa, 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 is that really what you want to do? Is that the right thought that you want to think? Does that thought line up with the Word of God? As you think, you will be. The question is, what do you want in your life? What do you want in your life? Well, all I want is happiness. Well, then you're going to have to think thoughts that produce happiness. All I want is peace. Then you're going to have to think thoughts that cause peace. I just want everybody to leave me alone. Well, then you're going to have to think thoughts that cause people to leave you alone. But when you're constantly messing up, when you're constantly doing wrong, when you constantly won't do what you're asked, then everybody's on me all the time. Well, there's a reason they're on you all the time. If you would do the right thing all the time, nobody would ever be on you any of the time. See, what do you want? Then you're going to have to think the thoughts that produce what you want. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It's a cop show. A team of investigators are investigating this show. Now, during the show, they are in a strip club showing all the fun that's in there, they're not showing the families that are destroyed by the people who go there. See, you're watching this show. While they're solving the mystery, the characters always have a beer to relax. Well, here's the way you relax. See, while they're solving this show and this mystery, one of the key characters gets pregnant and has a baby in this series, but she never does get around to getting married. Really? Is that what, that's not a part of the plot, but what are we being taught night in and night out? You know, I think about this all the time. You start off with your TV show, and, and the TV show begins with a crime scene. Crime happens, and so we call the team. Where is the team, and what are they doing when they take the call? Were they in church? Yeah, have you ever noticed? The team could be in church. The team could be in Bible study. The team could be helping paint somebody's house. The team could be over mowing the lawn for the neighbor. But where is the team when they get the call? Always in a bar. Always having fun. They usually get the call when they're in bed with their girlfriend. And she begs him not to take the call. But he is... 
faithful to his team, so he takes the call. I'll be there in a minute. So he explains to his girlfriend he's got to get out of bed and get dressed and go take this call. What? And now we're into this call, but what did we start out with? What did we just start out with? See, oh, sorry, I'll be right there. Hey, guys, we'll have to take up with this chapter later. Y'all hold your place right there in Romans chapter 8. I've got to go solve this situation. But just look. I want you to be aware of what we are being taught every day, all of the time. The writers of our entertaining shows are selling a lifestyle to us that is wrecking homes and families and marriages in America. And here's where we are. Christians not understanding that they don't think biblical. Because these are good people on this show. These are fun people. These are cool people on this show. And now we've got a new generation being raised with the wrong thing. I don't know if any of you ever watched some of these old shows. But I grew up on the Virginian, on the Rifleman, on Roy Rogers. I grew up on those shows. And I did not realize at the time what we were growing up on. But as of late, I've been going back just to familiarize myself with those shows. And I don't know if you remember, some of you don't even have any clue about what I'm talking about. These are black and white shows. Uh, what? Black and white? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another deal. The rifleman had a son that he was raising. And they always got the bad guy. That was the deal every show. But in every show, he taught that boy a moral lesson. Somebody stole and he told his son to go tell the truth. Somebody got something or broke out a window, he got his son to go pay for that one. Every show, it wasn't a part of the plot, but he taught something. I, just last week, I was watching Roy Rogers. The call came. There's been a bag, you know, so he's got to jump on his horse and go ride. He was over at some people's house helping them clean their house and helping them clean up and get moved in. That's where he was when he got the call that he's got to go and save the day. But what, and he said, I'll be back. And the end of the show, he came back to his community service, to what he was doing. We didn't realize it, but that generation that was raised with those shows was inundated with a wholesome, healthy morality while we were being entertained. And now... While we are being entertained, not the plot, not has nothing to do with the plot, but everything that we're watching is giving us a lifestyle that erodes the home, the family, the marriage, and right thinking. It's why we're where we are. I'm asking you, who is leading your thinking? Who is leading your thinking? The church, and, and that's why our church has made a real change in the last four or five years. We don't have a choice here but to just teach biblical thinking. Biblical thinking. We've got to teach this because we used to, it wasn't biblical thinking, but we taught biblical concepts in our sitcoms. 
see, we gained the Ten Commandments watching TV. But now in this generation, we're not getting those. Well, if we come to church and have us a spiritual goosebump and nobody teaches us the Word, then now we've got a generation of Christians that have no idea what the Word says. Have no idea. And so we've had to come back as a church and say, well, Tim, I just, this can't be dry. This can't be boring. We got to understand what the Word says and get our thinking back wrapped around a biblical concept for living life. Because the battle for our minds is the battlefield, and the enemy's winning right now in America. Because we've got all of these Christians. We've got pastors leading churches to think in ways that the Bible says is very shameful. Very quickly, I want to go over just some ways or areas that many different authors talk about in our minds, in the battle of our minds. If you read a number of authors, any author that writes on the mind or on the battles taking place in the mind, they're going to talk about pictures. Pictures in your mind. When I say dog, immediately you just saw a dog. Now, everybody saw a different dog, but you saw your dog. You saw a dog that bit you. You saw your neighbor's dog that peed on your boots. I don't know. You saw a dog. Now, we, we think in word pictures. We think in pictures. And throughout the day, pictures are in our mind Let me just tell you, you stay away from pornography. You stay away from it on your computer. You stay away from it in print. You stay away because that will form pictures in your mind that cause your mind to go in the wrong direction. Don't even open that door up. I'm telling you, don't stay away from horror movies. Stuff jumping out of the closet, something coming and jumping on you. Oh, we love that thrill. You're not going to have no peace. When my wife is not at home to protect me, I go spend the night with my mom if my wife's not at home. You you see, you can't fill your mind with pictures of things that will torment you and think that you won't be tormented. Watch out for your dreams. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Once in a thousand years, dreams can be supernatural. And I understand there are supernatural dreams. Mostly they're because you ate Mexican food before you went to bed. So people always won't tell me, oh, I had a dream last night. I have dreams all the time. Stop eating Mexican food at 10 o'clock at night. You won't have so many. But let me tell you, some people are tormented by bad dreams. And if you happen to be tormented by bad dreams, you pray that thing through. Get up and pray. You stand up and pray. and you Get that out of your, quote scripture. Quote scripture over your life. Quote scripture over your family. Quote, don't let bad dreams torment you every single night. You got to get that prayed out of your mind. Get that out of your mind. A, a, a lot of authors talk about forgetfulness, playing havoc in people. If, if you are forgetful, learn how not to be. 
Write things down. Make you a list. Get day planner. Get organized. If you can't remember, figure out a way to help you remember. Don't live your life allowing your mind to be so forgetful that you can't be productive in life. You've got to grab a hold of your mind. Boy, our lack of concentration, and now we're diagnosing that and giving pills for your lack of concentration. Take every thought captive. Take thought captive. Don't give your kid a pill. Tell him to sit down and pay attention. Draw yourself. Listen, I wrote the book on ADD. So don't talk to me about it. My mind is just like a bunch of quail coming out of a hole somewhere. I live that way. I have never preached a sermon yet that 10 sermons. When I finish this, I got to write. I want to talk more about it. I'm writing sermons while I'm up here. Stop thinking about that. Get back to what I'm preaching on. We all got that. Well, not all of us. Some people don't think anything. (laughs) Inactivity will ruin your life. Think about something. Plug your head in gear. What do you think about? Nothing. That scares me. Why aren't you thinking about how to make some money? Why aren't you thinking about expanding your business? Ain't thinking about nothing. Well, I see that. I don't understand thinking about nothing. You're going to have to think about something. For those of us who are thinking about too many things, we're going to have to focus on what we got. I can't do this for doing this. I've got at least six sermons on my desk at all one time. I can't write one. Because I think about, no, I get to write this. Oh, this would really be good. I got to talk about this. Wait. What are you going to do? Bring your mind. Don't grab a pill. Get your mind and get control of this thing and take your thoughts captive. If you're inactive, plug your mind in and make it think about something. A problem we really got today that we didn't have in previous generations uh, is, I don't know, a vacillation. Or we can't choose simply because we got too many choices. We got way too many choices. Before, what are you going to do when you grow up? What do you mean what are you going to do? You're going to do what your dad did. That's what you're going to do. There wasn't any other option. The next person lived 100 miles away and a bear and a coyote would eat you before you got there. So you just stayed on the farm and you did what they did. But, you know, now we just got so many options and so many options. And where'd you go to school? The only school in town. Where'd you go to church? The only church in town. Where do you go to store? The one general store. Well, now we can't go to this store for needing to go to that store for wishing we were at that store. Wherever we are, we wish we were somebody somewhere else. And whatever we're doing, wish, wish, we're, wish we were doing something else. And, and we're going to have to get our thoughts under control or it just plays havoc on our daily lives. In the world we live in today, make sure that you're not wishing you were somewhere else all the time. Make sure you're where you are and being productive where you are while you're there. You got to roll up your sleeves and get your mind under control. Get your mind under control. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. I want to close with Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and 9. Think about these things. Whatever's pure. Whatever's lovely, whatever's worthy of praise, whatever's, whatever's good, you think about these things. And then it says, and then the God of peace will be with you. 
by far the overriding thing that everybody wants is peace. Well, peace comes by you thinking the right thoughts. And you can't think the right thoughts if you don't take every thought captive. Your battle is not with your coworker. Your battle is not with your leader. Your battle is not with your husband or wife. Your, ba- your battle is in your mind, and you got to win it. Y'all stand. Lord, continue to direct us and guide us as we roll up our sleeves and win this battle for our thinking. Direct and guide us as we honor you. Amen. We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store. 